Welcome to episode 34 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. And the timing of this recording is almost like it's an emergency podcast for the exit of Randall Gritchick. That is an accident. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that either of us feels as strongly about that exit, um, you know, such to do a whole podcast around it. But Stoughton, what was your first impression when you saw that news come down? Uh, you know, I thought, I mean, do we know the financial like the cash considerations going either way. I don't know. If In I, vague terms, I think we've heard that the Blue Jays are paying about half of it, whatever that exactly means. I mean, I think realistically there isn't going to be a major financial difference, at least this year. Yeah. And, and yet nonetheless, and I think I, this is what I said on Twitter. I said this to somebody as I was walking on the street today. They're like, hey, Gritchick got traded. What do you think about that? And I'm like, well, uh, Tapia will, uh, will suck in a different way than Gritchick sucks. They're both going to suck. But he think, he kind of sucks in a, a way that's going to be more useful to the Jays. He's right. He's left-handed. Uh, he may not even be as, as good a, a center fielder as Gritchick, but he can add a little speed on the bases, you know, can steal a base. Um, and just Gritchick, I think, was just redundant with when you have an outfield with three right-handed hitters who are clearly better than him and he has a contract that's underwater. Like, being able to get out of that contract uh, not that it was killing the Jays or anything, uh, and obviously, you know, if they're paying down a bunch of it, then it's, it you know it doesn't really matter financially anyway. But uh, they've got like somebody who I think can be useful. I mean, if if, if he's if if Tapia is on the 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 roster at the end of the season, I think that's a win. Yeah, Tapia. He like you said, he's not great. He's not a very good player. Uh, <laughs> Correct. He's, he's kind of the opposite <laughs> of Gritchick in that. Grichik is probably so not fun that we actually underrate him a little bit. Like his Blue Jays career, he ends up having almost an exactly average OPS plus. I think it was 100 uh, at the end of the day with plenty of ups and downs. Tapia is is just kind of a tire fire as a hitter in the sense that he has literally no power. Like as, as little power as you can possibly have. Yeah. Pounds <laughs> the ball on the ground all the time. Um, but he does have that speed. And, you know, that speed can result in fun plays in the field as well, even though, you know, Gritchick is a pretty good fielder in a corner. Uh, I don't think either of them are particularly good in center. There's definitely the question yeah. of, is this guy someone we really trust with as much center as might be required if Springer, you know, gets injured or if he just needs to be a DH for a stretch of time, which is definitely well within the realm of possibility. Uh, so, I, no, there are real questions that arise from it in that way. But, yeah, you got so many, like you said, Gritchick is redundant. You've got so many right-handed hitters, uh, and they all hit for power, which, you know, there's no shortage of power in the lineup. A lot of them have that swing and miss. You know, Gritchick has it worse than most. Like, he's kind of the worst version of guys they already have. Uh, and <laughs> the also, last year he cut down on that a bit and somehow got worse. Yeah, I, I remember getting, in 2020 you did too, I remember getting kind of sucked into the idea of like, oh, if Gritchick can cut down the strikeouts and he's been such this contact, you know, he's had excellent quality of contact throughout his career, that's sort of what, you know, drew the Blue Jays to him in the first place. I thought, oh, there, you know, there could be something here, you know, a guy who can move pretty well even though he doesn't steal bases and he's got this power and if he doesn't strike out a ton, then yeah, maybe you've got a different looking player. And it, it really affected his quality of contact. Like he, to get that quality of contact, yeah. it's clear that he needed to really, you know, swing from the heels or whatever cliche you want to use. Like he had to sell out for that. And when he stopped selling out for that, he stopped having that. Uh, and then he was just, you know, 
to use your phrase from the very beginning, he was bad in a different way. So we've seen different versions of a bad Grichuk. I think he was unfairly maligned as a Blue Jay. Um, and that often happens with players who sign a contract that is perhaps disproportionate to what they uh, produce on the field. But that's never, ever, ever, ever a guy's fault. And something that any fan would love to do is sign a, a deal <laughs> two million dollar contract yeah, yeah. <laughs> a contract that pays you like wouldn't we all love to be ludicrously overpaid i know that i'd be perfectly happy with that scenario so um i do think the vitriol against grichik was a bit unfair at times but he's definitely wasn't a player they really needed right now and the funny thing with this deal is like not only do you get rid of grichik the specter of Brett Gardner, which is something that oh, was uh, was looming over Blue Jays' world for a few days, <laughs> seems like to have dissipated. Head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I no, you're absolutely right, and like, like I like I I accept that. Also, a, a tangent for now because I I have already done it wrong, and I know I'm going to probably do it wrong like 50 more times by the end of the season because I but I checked the pronunciation guide on Baseball Reference. R Y E capitalized Rymel Tapia Rymel Tapia. So I think I said Tapia Tapia. Um, I think our record right is it? our record is questionable, and That's a lot tough. of that starts with me. And I feel like I do look these up, and then I still some, find a way to blow it. Uh, and I apologize for that. It's kind of like putting the <laughs> accents on the players' names. Like you really should do it right. And it is yeah. not me failing to put the time in. It is just having. I don't know, an incompetent tongue, perhaps, but uh, yeah. Our brains I don't know are what it weird, is. Right? Uh, it, took, uh, it took me like until September to get uh, Simeon right for, you know, uh, but also it says nicknames 50. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, not sure. Does, does not wear the number 50. Uh, so I'm not sure what that's about. Curious to find out. Uh, and also, I'm just like already resigned to the fact that like there's a, there's a decent chance that Grichik has a better year than Tapia. Uh, oh, very. I think there's a but, pretty but decent. I'm but but like all the things you you were saying, like you know, oh, okay, like what is okay? He he does, you know, sometimes he hits the ball real hard, and he's you know he's got a bit of power, and there's there's there is a reason the Blue Jays gave them him that contract, and part of that reason was because of like where they were in the win cycle, and they're like this is just cost controlling a guy we think will be at least passable. They were, they were wrong. They, like he was, he was close. To, you know, I, I think you're not wrong that he's a little too maligned. But there's a reason he's maligned. And uh, even if Tapia is not uh, as good as Grichik this year, uh, I'm very happy to not have to like go through the mental gymnastics of like <laughs> of, of trying to convince myself that oh maybe Grichik's finally figured it out, uh, which is generally not what you want to do, right? Like I mean. Yeah, Tapia's not like, going like, to figure like, it out. He's not going to gain power out of nowhere, right? <laughs> the The expectations will be fair. So you'll be dealing with a player that you understand Grichuk, exactly what he might. is. Grichuk, Grichuk might. Like, I'm st I still, that candle still burns, even though I'm happy to not have to look at it anymore. Um, well, you know what they yeah. say in all kind of facets of work life, people who are better looking just seem to get ahead. <laughs> And I think, it, you know, people just have these positive feelings about them and assume the best. And that I think that's happened with Grichik at times in his life. I think there's also a thing that's happened, you know, to speaking to, you know, his malignedness. Uh, people, you know, saw some of his Twitter likes and saw some of the, you know, Yeah. Like, no, that, yeah, that, that some... did not endear him to uh, people for very good reason. 
yeah, there's um, some more legitimate stuff there, and also, you know, he he's from a part of the United States that has politics that are very different from what most Blue Jays fans are, and that's especially the case when you have so many baseball you have players, two million dollars in the bank, right? Yeah. That's the case with a lot of baseball <laughs> players, and we don't like to think about it, but sometimes Grichik made us think about it, and people don't like that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, you know, I, no, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like, some of the vitriol is too much, but also not going to miss that guy for a fucking second, personally. <laughs> like, yeah, I, don't I, think, I have nothing against him. I don't but, think anyone yeah. will. I don't think anyone is no. going to think, oh, man, we're going up against, uh, you know, a lefty. God, we really could use someone who could hit for some power here. Like, it, it's just because they have everything that he brings in volume, except perhaps uh, that bit of confidence with center field. And we'll see. And I'm not saying that he was good in center field, but he was survivable in center field. That's a good uh, word for And it. we don't know exactly about Tapia's ability to do that over the longer term, even if he has sort of the speed tool to make that work. Because we know that those two things don't always coincide perfectly. We, you know, we used to talk about uh, we watched watch Malik Smith this week. Yeah, we, well, I was going to say Teoscar <laughs> Hernandez running yes. like ninety percent sprint speed numbers, and he's gotten better on defense. But you know, we've watched him be a disaster and have the tools. Um, I'm not saying that's what Toppy is, but it's just not a one to one. Just because a guy can run, it doesn't mean that he can play good center field. And I think that you know that'll continue to be a, a concern with the Blue Jays. Not again. This these are sort of the these are the good good team type of concerns. Like a lot right. of teams have concerns where they like. Wow, two of our four infielders are trash. And the Blue Jays' concern is <laughs> if our really good center fielder is hurt, do we have someone who can fill in for a month? Like, you know. And every, also, yes, also, yes, they do. <laughs> like, every team in the I'd league. I'd watch Teoscar Oscar for a month. I, uh, though, also, I will admit, like, today I was just like, yeah, you think you think Kevin Vigio can, uh, can play center? <laughs> had that thought to myself. I'm like, you know, probably not, but like, we gotta I, remind I think, ourselves that, that he's not actually good at any of the other positions. Like he, he's not actually good at anything but second base, and he never has been. Accurate, but also I do think that like the variance between Tapia and Grichik in center. Like somebody was like, "Yeah, but like Tapia can't play center like as good as Grichik can," and it's like, but they're like, I think that the variance is so minute there. Like I'm. I will. I won't disagree that Grichik is perhaps a better center fielder, but he's just at so far of the survivable end of the spectrum that I, that it probably just doesn't matter. The difference uh, would maybe be like one to two runs a month, like if you think about it. Like, at, and that's a lot, that, that's and that's probably yeah, yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something Blue Jays fans uh, should not be losing sleep over. Um, I think we, we can bury Grichik there. I mean, bury might be a bit of an aggressive word, but I think that's how but a I lot of people feel. I mean, Tapia is interesting. I mean, I, I retweeted uh, the video uh, that's, uh, you know, the best bad player in baseball <laughs> and how he is, you know, um, I like the, like the, and I think this was kind of the thing with Grichik too. And I think this is why it was, uh, you know, why this worked out. And, I, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. was an interesting one that they apparently tried earlier in the winter, you know, before the lockout, they tried to trade flip Grichik for uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Instead, the Red Sox went with, uh, Got him back and traded Hunter Renfro, which uh, you know, from the Brewers, yeah, I'll take I'll take Hunter Renfro over uh, over Riddle Grichik, uh, especially when you look at the dollars. Uh, but so clearly they were kind of doing. They were like, we need a left-handed hitter who can. We need it. We need Ezekiel Carrera, 
We need a left-hand hitter who can. Did you know that Ezekiel Kerr announced his retirement today? I did not. I did that not. was uh, that's something that my girlfriend informed me of. She said no one is talking about this, but Ezekiel <laughs> Kerr announced his retirement today on Instagram. Uh, well, first, well, first of all, she's a keeper. She's yeah. informing you about Ezekiel Kerr's retirement. She is well, absolutely did... <laughs> at that granular level of uh, Blue Jays fandom. But uh, I did, I did look up. I looked him up at Zeke, as I like to call him. Uh, his his. His WRC plus in his in 2017 for the Jays 108. Oh, he was quite then, good. For and a then his bit. and then never played a major league game again. Yeah, he was uh, quite good, sort of in spite of himself for a very brief <laughs> window what, there. I uh, feel and I feel that uh, you know I don't like you know I I, I feel that there that, that there's that Tapia may have some. Uh, I think you might find it between the Zeke and the Socrates Brito. uh, (laughs) Like, I think he might be threading that needle between utterly useless and quite good. uh, Yeah, like, he's he's the left-handed Brandon Drury. That's what we'll go with. Or or Billy McKinney, who's to say? Uh, But also, bringing up up those names, it's like, like, it's exactly what you're saying. Exactly what you're saying is like... uh, Oh, uh, this is a good team problem. Like this is a yeah. problem that good teams have, as opposed to like having to play <laughs> Socrates Brito or Billy McKinney or Brandon Drury. Yeah, the 2017 and 18 Blue Jays were truly uh, an abomination and <laughs> just unfortunate in so many ways. We're through the looking glass. It's nice. It's a good we're, place to be. We're living in the future. And speaking <laughs> of the future, a lot of people have got it in their head that Arelvis Martinez is that. Uh, mm-hmm. In recent days, it feels like he has kind of taken the the mantle of guy everyone is excited about, which, you know, is fair. He's done some cool stuff in spring training. He did some cool stuff in spring training last year as well. Um, if people recall, he was very strong in the minor leagues and, you know, he's been cropping and creeping up uh, prospect lists for some time now. And a lot, I think a lot of the rumors that happened, you know, and all the big trades the Blue Jays were in on there was sort of the notion that, oh, this is a guy that isn't going to be touched. This is a guy that will not be traded. And I don't know if that would have been true in something like a you know Jose Ramirez deal. However, once that label starts to permeate, I feel like a fan base really gloms on even more because it's you know it feels safe uh, that he's not going anywhere. And that's where we are with him right now. Yeah. It, and it's, I mean, I... We're talking off air. I haven't, I haven't done this. I, I've got a lot of mailbag questions that I haven't quite. Uh, I haven't published my mailbag this week yet, but that's that's happening. Uh, and many were about uh, the Aurelvis thing, or you know, the Jose Ramirez thing. Who do we trade? Uh, all that stuff. And uh, and somebody asked a very good question uh, that included a link to something that Kevin Goldstein wrote. Um, I forget when, but about just basically about how like hype and prospects work, and like uh, and. I did not realize this until I saw it, but the fan graphs, if you, you have to like click a little, uh, you know, an arrow to see it, but they put like their future, uh, future value, uh, like probable outcomes for every like top 100 prospect. And it's like, it's grim. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm literally now looking at or, or Elvis's right now. And it's like, but like literal bust is like 30%, uh, 40 to 45 future value. like, and I think, you know, I, th- I think that like 60, 60 is like, is like three and a half win kind of player, like all, like all the you know, occasional all-star kind of guy. Like, and they, they on him have like that or above 
amounts to maybe like almost 30% of what they think that the future outcome is for him. All of the other outcomes are, you know, less than that. Uh, and it's, you know, prospects are for poor people. It's kind of, uh, uh, there, there's, there's a reason that's a saying. And I'm not saying that I don't want to get excited about Aurelis Martinez because I think there is a lot to like. And, you know, especially when uh, you know, Vlad's like, oh, this swing reminds you of me. And you hear all these great things. I mean, the spring, you, you know, people, it's weird like literally every year there's so many things that people have to relearn and and, and that just come up every spring like in, like best shape of his life kind of stuff uh and i think this is it too, like the this kind of hype happening which is again which is not to say like i mean he looks he looked great like and, and like taking Aaron Nola deep and like he's you know, having like having a nice spring for a guy who has not played like or, or has not played above high a like he just got to high A last year, and I think that like what he did, he was like the youngest guy in in low A and in the whatever they used to whatever they call the Florida State League now, which I think is now the Florida State League again. Uh, like he was very impressive there. Kind of kind of had a wobble when he first went to Vancouver, and then like hit nine home runs in his last couple of weeks, and was like just killing it. Like he could come pretty quickly. I don't think it will be uh, in the year twenty twenty two. I think he'll have you know there's a maybe like i think the chance that he gets to triple a this year is remote but like he's an exciting guy but also there's a difference like there's a there's a gulf between that and like penciling him in as your third baseman for 10 years and yeah. i think there's like some of some of like that that i think has to be like reconciled by some some of the uh the trade theories it's like oh i can't trade that guy he's a, that's your ten, that's your third baseman for 10 years and it's like well maybe <laughs> i'd love for that to be true but that just very very often is not true yeah and i i think the hype is you know it's getting out of hand a little bit like you said i'd be extremely surprised if he was in the big leagues this year and that is not a hot take by any means considering where he is in his he's development 20. but yeah. like a lot of people are like i've seen comparisons to alejandro kirk like oh he was so young he didn't have the experience like yeah but he was also had sort of a full year in not the minors but the whatever you want to call that that happened during covid like and he, they were getting and they were getting nothing out of their catchers and had a chance to make the playoffs like i he probably would have been in double a last year if they hadn't had been like oh like they rushed him and, and thought he was a guy who could do that yeah and that's but it's yeah, so that's unusual it's so yeah. unusual and we see with the, how kind of raw he's been at the behind the plate uh, at times like I don't want to be that like you, you got to keep him down for defense, guy. Because don't, don't listen to this if you're if you're in the Cleveland it, uh, Guardians <laughs> organization. But uh, that's a fraught thing uh, to do almost, is to say keep him down for the defense. But no, it just kind of it kind of goes to show. And to be fair, we we've just come out of a lockout. Like the excitement around this team is justified based on the roster. I don't want to be that person that says, "Hey, don't get excited about things," because like that's kind of the point of being a baseball fan is to enjoy things and get excited about them. But it is funny to me how much this individual case shows you the importance of sort of out of sight, out of mind. Because mm -hmm. Gabriel Moreno yes. is a much better prospect <laughs> who plays yeah. uh, a position that's probably more, quote-unquote, of need for the Blue Jays, even though they have a lot of guys. Like, he's the guy who has the potential to kind of blow the top off that position. And he's closer to the major leagues. And we're not talking about him because he hasn't played in a couple games that we've seen recently. Uh, that's absolutely correct and that that's where it, it, things get interesting for me <laughs> because like yeah i don't want to be the guy that says you know Aurelius martinez is trash he's not gonna be good like there's a lot of great characteristics he brings to the table he has a bright future it could still go either way but i understand the excitement 
But, you know, Moreno, if you want to have a dude, you know, Moreno's the dude right now. And uh, just because he hasn't taken any of bats in front of your eyes, that doesn't mean that that's not true anymore. Yeah, I think you're right. And and also a thing that in this unpublished mailbag, uh, used, used his chart from Fangraphs as well about the, the, the probabilities. And it's like, uh, you know, Aurelvis bust starts at 30% and it sort of slopes downwards. Uh, maybe this won't make sense if I, if you're not seeing the visual that I'm that I'm looking at right now, uh, but but like Moreno's few, like they're the the predictions, and I don't know what I don't even I don't know I didn't even look at the methodology I don't know what like is even going into this, but their projections of what his future outcomes could be clearly hit a lot higher, and because that of of course it is, and this is the thing that I have written that ha- again haven't published, um, like if you look at if you look like that's why they do tiered top like top 100s and that's why like if you look at the top 100 from 2017 or 18 or pick a year um there more and more like in you know when i first started writing about baseball it was a bit different because the 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 in, like the industry hadn't caught up to the moneyball teams who are really understanding how to like efficiently mine value but now everybody does and now the public facing sites absolutely are real good at like identifying the top process. I mean, there's, you know, you know, there's the odd ones that miss, but like, like the top 10, you don't see a lot of non stars or non like non, like really good players in the top 10. But once you start getting like Aurelvis right now, I think is like 38 for fan graphs, 32 for Keith law, or maybe reversed or, you know, he's in that 30, 40 range, which is, which is, you know, that's doing some projection because he's young, obviously. Uh, but Moreno is like, top 10 for most people and it's like the variance between the outcomes of guys who are where like how good you have to be to get in the top 10 versus how good you have to be in the top 40 is 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 quite wide and uh yeah the difference too yeah, Moreno, between like Moreno is just a, a, like a hugely better prospect for sure yeah like the difference between you know top 10 and like let's just take one of those numbers 32 the difference between 10 and 32 is way bigger than the difference between 32 and 54. Right, like exactly. You have, yeah. there's a tier, and then you've got a lot of guys swimming around in the middle there who you can kind of rank how you want based on preferences. And that's, again, not to say that these are players who aren't going to be really good, and some of them are going to be superstars. But the reason why guys make the very top of those lists is because they're seen as potential foundational players. Uh, and that's what Moreno could be. And, you know, he's a catcher and there's so many ways for that to go wrong and yada, yada, yada. Uh, but it but, is, but he's, but he's an athletic catcher and he hits the, the piss out of the ball. And like, they're like, yeah, they're just, there's just like a lot more <laughs> like the, the, the trending signs for him are, you know, are different. It's just different. It's like, Oh, like a Relvis love the, love the power. You see it in game little bit of concern about the swing recognition and that makes a huge difference like moreno is more of a of a guy who fuck he's so good he's so athletic and can and can catch and they want him to be a catcher and that's so valuable even in its own you know like the jays just traded for matt chapman like you know you he's matt chapman literally was like a four-win player as, as a league average hitter last year because his defense was so good and I, like moreno is maybe more of that mold i don't you know uh, that's projecting i think a bit like onto what he could be but he's a guy who plays behind the plate can do it has the skill set to call the game to do all of that 
and is you know a, a, an athletic enough guy that it's like oh he like he'll be able to block balls and he'll be able to like you know these the quiet the quiet glove and like all of that 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 goes into that and he can hit like that's why people see you know JD Realmuto like as a as a you know as a a, a ceiling kind of comp on him or like an all star catcher. Whereas it is, it, it is, it is just genuinely different to be like, yeah, Aurelvis, like the swing, hits the ball hard. Not, it's just not, it's just not as not as sure a thing. Farther away, not like not as sure that that once the pitching gets more advanced, he's going to be able to still do those things. And Moreno is like, there is, I think, a gulf between those two as prospects, and that's why, that's why you have tears. That's why that's become the thing now. That that they, it's not like don't look at this list as like you say that 38 or 32 is equal to the difference between 38 and, 30 and 54 is is like 14 slots it's no it's the it, it just you have to kind of conceptualize it differently but moreno had visa issues and so we haven't seen him hit a home run off Aaron Nola, so so he sucks what a, so what <laughs> no, what a scrub yeah. um <laughs> i don't know if it's he sucks but it's like he does he just yeah. doesn't feel as untouchable now as Aurelvis does uh and i think people would be like I don't know. They would not like, they, people would not like to, to see Aurelvis get traded. And I don't, I'm not saying trade him, but, but I don't know. This, it, I don't know. To understand it, you have to think about how, try to think how the front office thinks about it. And that's, I think, how that, the industry does. In, in my podcast notes, I kind of had like, is Aurelvis Martinez going to be our next podcast, Alec Manoa? Because we kind of famously <laughs> started being very one prospect focused. I mean, I, think I mean, fam fam famously is a stretch. But famously but within an incredibly <laughs> narrow context. Um, I think we've, what we've said here today is that, you know, Moreno is going to be that guy for us. Uh, we'll let someone else take Aurelvis, which is, you know, that'll be fertile ground for somebody else. Both, they're looking forward to both of them. Like, no, yeah, nothing, no, nothing against them. And 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 Aurelvis has been a guy who, for a couple of years, people are like, oh, that's you know, he's going to be in the back end of the top one hundred, and and has and has kind of ascended in the way that a lot of people thought about. Um, but also, isn't like, not it's not like Vlad getting generational comps and shit. No, like no one's I, called, no one's like, yeah, that's the next Miguel Cabrera. Like that, they like guys who do that for a living, like Jim Callis, don't they don't do that lightly. Like that's like Vlad was Vlad is special and that's why Vlad is special. But like yeah, uh great prospect. Hope you hope it hope it keeps going great. Uh but also sometimes guys stall out at higher levels and 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 it's tough for them. And I think that Moreno has more tools that are obviously gonna be uh, just just going just big league tools right now basically i don't think that I, you know i still have i you know i hope i, hope, I have a lot I, I love jay they will the jay i am stuck like liking danny jansen which isn't hard to do because i like danny jansen but like the jays very clearly like him a lot um and uh you know i i, I don't think like i don't think moreno is going to be the catcher halfway through the year that could be that when we do uh when we do an over under thing we can talk about that again, but like I don't know. I think I think a year from now, I think Danny Jansen's job's in trouble, but not yet. Yeah, and I think there's a yeah, like you said, there's a lot to like O Jansen. There's a lot to Blue Jays in particular like O Jansen. Uh, and yeah, the idea that Moreno's banged down the door again might be born a little bit more to that excitement, however justified than. Um, yeah, look at he's, how they feel. He played like thirty. He didn't, I don't think he's played thirty games at AAA yet. Yeah, he needs no. He needs a little bit more time, and and catchers generally need a little bit more time. 
It's I think, yeah, there's it's no rush. The team's good. The team's good. Yeah. They don't need it yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, one interesting item that kind of came out as we record this, and I say as we record this because I forgot to ask when this podcast is going to go out. Um, so we'll just leave it in that nebulous uh, area. Is a story about Alc Manoa and Bo Bichette, and this is from Arden's Welling uh, at Sportsnet, and basically. The Blue Jays have a a formula that sort of determines what amount of money they're going to give to players in the pre-arb period. So you've got the you know, you've got your minimum salary, which has increased significantly with the new CBA, and then based on various factors like plate appearances and potentially you know awards or you know getting award voting things like that, the numbers go up slightly, and it, you know it's kind of. Uh, you know, they don't really have to do it. They could just give people the minimum if they wanted, but it's to indicate some level of, you know, that they're thankful for their contribution yeah. and we, we want to be seen as an organization that treats players well, etc. Weirdly, I mean, this is kind of backfired a little bit because uh, both Bichette and Manoa were given these numbers for their 2022 seasons and then they rejected the numbers based on the premise that having a formula is not a good idea essentially that they or found, or that the or that the formula doesn't capture their value value as well as it should i guess but yeah they oh that's i mean that's they you're right they said they don't like the formula but i think it's really like i mean if the formula yeah if the formula the was formula like said, give said them 30 more, million they'd, they'd yeah. be fine with the formula yeah but yeah <laughs> but the, for, the, this formula doesn't capture their contributions and that they're outliers so first of all, to to unpack that, to use the the term of our times, uh, they're right. They are outliers. They aren't paid nearly enough for their contributions, and yeah. what they are being offered by the Blue Jays does not reflect what they're capable of doing on the field. So in that sense, they're a hundred percent right. Yeah, if you're put if you're putting me on a poster outside the stadium, I you should probably be making more than Tim Mesa. Yeah, just just to make a name at random, but like nothing against amazing, but like yeah, but like Bo Bichette is a huge part of their marketing, and Manoa I think got to that not quite that place, um, and yeah, and and I, like to me this speaks to sort of like the the understanding of like of of what of the union like that happened during the lockout. Like I wonder if this would have happened without without the lockout and without them having to think about this sort of stuff, though it has before. Uh, you know, Aaron Sanchez and Scott Boris got got weird about it um, after because after 2016, they, they I don't know if they had I don't know if they had the formula at the time. It, that, maybe that's why they implemented it. I'd have to go back and look, but like that was that was an issue. It was like, oh, you you led the American League in ERA. They want to pay you a couple, you know, a, a couple dozen thousand dollars more than the league minimum, and they were like, no, we this guy deserves more. They're not wrong, but they also are in a system where yeah, I mean they're not they don't they don't, they don't have any recourse for this and and yeah that I think that that's where it's interesting in the sense like you said I think the lockout brings this top of mind for players earlier in the lockout it seemed like the players were really pushing for a structural change to bring more money to players younger in their career who are often the most valuable players in the league and to distribute it differently. And relatively early on, it became clear that the league and the players were not going to be able to just rejig the economic system of the game in in a significant way. And they've done little things like adding in that pre-arb pool 
which I would be surprised if Bichette didn't get to dip into this season. Um, but MVP, but, but that's a very, <laughs> that's a very small component of the CBA. Essentially they ran back the same system with small tweaks. They didn't radically change it. So I understand where Bichette and Manoa are coming from. The thing that's a little bit odd is that then they unilaterally were assigned a lower salary. So Bichette mm-hmm. lost out on, I think it was $23,500. Manoa lost out on $6,200. I'm going to read an excerpt from the piece. And I, I, I'm i not trying to attribute... These are Arden Zwelling's words, but I think it's him trying to capture the thought process of Bichette and Manoa as opposed to this being his personal opinion. That's my take on this excerpt of a piece. So so if they accepted the salaries. In that situation, Bichette and Manoa would be arguing they've been underpaid over the first three seasons uh, of their careers relative to the value of production. But by accepting salaries, the Blue Jays awarded them in the spring. They could give the club leverage to suggest in a hearing they're happy with what they were paid. If they weren't, then why did they accept the salary? And this is where it kind of falls apart for me because that's not what arbitration is about. Like arbitration isn't about what's your relationship with the club. Like it, it's done, it's not a straight formula, but it's not far from a straight formula. It's people mm-hmm. arguing on the numbers on the page. And also you can make it plenty clear, and this is what they've done by kind of coming out with these statements, that they don't feel like they're being paid appropriately. And you can take the money anyway. I mean, this is, again, this is what I would have done, mm-hmm. uh, is to just take simply take the money and also express that I was <laughs> uh, not happy with the situation. And maybe they and their agents feel like by not taking the money, it puts them on a higher plane, uh, you know, gives them a leg to stand on. But that's not what arbitration is about. I don't think this will affect their arbitration in any way. It's not like they're going to sacrifice a little money now to get money later as a result of the sacrifice. They will get money later because they will enter arbitration. They will make more money. They will get some of that pre-arb bonus potentially. But I don't think they're going to get anything as a result of taking this stand. Uh, which is why it confuses me. Yeah, yeah, I no, that I think that's fair, and I think you're, and I, and I, I mean, I think that the question most fans would be like, is that like, does this have a, a long term effect on the relationship between the team and the player? And generally, it never does. Generally, if the team offer, like, if the team offers Bo uh an extension that he thinks is is you know, meets his price and thinks is is worth foregoing some free agent years for. They're going to do that. Like they're not. This isn't. This isn't going to be a thing where it's like, oh, I'll, um, six years and I'm done. I'm never going to play for these guys again. Um, I do get it. I mean, and and, and I, I like I say, like I do think that maybe that is top of mind after the 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 winter that we had with the lockout and thinking about union stuff and and they're like again like they're absolutely right. Like they are, they are underpaid. Like, and they're not wrong to be like, we deserve more. And even if the, like whatever their demands were, would have, I'm sure been not unreasonable. Cause like, like, again, if they, if you're put, if your, if your face is on the, the poster outside the stadium, uh, yeah, seven, 700 K probably, probably is insufficient. Uh, and the only reason that is you're getting that is because of the system is in place to, to, to allow and ensure that that happens. Um, but also I think you're right that like, yeah, I don't know. Not a lot you can do there. 
Um, and, and I don't know that they're going to get anything out of this, but maybe even just having conversations about it is, uh, I'd like, I, I'd love to hear what the strategy is there. I'd love to be a fly on the wall when they're like talking about why they would do this. Cause I, I don't know, because I think, yeah, what the, it, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like a, a winning path to, to more money or anything. It just seems like now, now, now you have us talking about Boba Shett and the, and the, and Alec Pino and the Jays being mad at each other, which is maybe not what you want. Yeah, and the the enemy, the way they're talking is almost as if the enemy is the Blue Jays for creating this, you know, minor addition to their minimum wage bonus structure formula. And the enemy is the like the total context of the way baseball players are paid. Like, yeah, like which also, which also, as members of the union, you just signed off on, which is valid, and you know, and I hope that this conversation happening, and maybe if this happens across the league, like maybe if players make a concerted effort to say we're going to put aside money here, kind of in protest of the system, then the unions higher ups next time the CBA comes around are going to say, okay, it, it's not enough. We like our pre our bonus pool is pretty meager at the end of the day. We need to really up that or we need to change things. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what effect that would have either because it seemed like the union in these negotiations kind of went against their executive board anyway and kind of mm-hmm. leaned into the let's play ball as opposed to the let's fight for every little thing we want. So uh, we're. I mean, it's very early. It's very early to start thinking about the next CBA. Um, I don't particularly yeah, let's give let's give that about five years. I, yeah, I, I don't particularly want to do it. Uh, <laughs> but I guess I'd say because because my first instinct is to say this is sort of a futile gesture, and I'm not sure what they gain from it. Uh, I guess my long term hope is that it does bring more attention to the fact that the way that money is distributed in baseball is a little bit silly, and too much money goes to the guys who are over thirty on the way down, and not enough who are on the way up and I'd hope to see that rectified in some way. So if this is an unbelievably small step towards that, fair enough, but right now it's hard to see that much value in it. And and like I say with Aaron Sanchez, like there was precedent. Uh, this exact same thing happened, I believe, right? They were like you the Jays were like, we here's what we're paying you. And and I I again I'd have to look it up. I don't remember if it was like literally they had they like you to the formula. But and I mean that, and that's why the formula exists so that they don't get into these kind of debates because if the for, if, if the formula didn't exist, they they, they could they, they would have less of a leg to stand on when somebody's like I when Boba Shett is like I'm a five win shortstop you're gonna pay me what you can pay me whatever you want uh, their their count their counter would be we're allowed to just pay you the minimum we're paying you a little bit more and like that's a that that's 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 messy and not great and and they should pay you know he he should get more but also that's just not how the structure of the game works yeah so yeah the blue jays are going to continue to work within the structures that exist uh I feel they probably will yeah, yeah that's why they held vladdy down uh his defense wasn't great when he came back up if you recall um he didn't learn much at the beginning of the 2019 season so uh, <laughs> um but I know we're getting close to wrap up time, but I do have an interesting thing that okay. I think you'll be interested in. I'm not going to say. I got. Don't I got a speak for the some, audience at all. No, no, no. But I got a message from someone. I'm not going to say who it was. That said, I know somebody who knows things, uh, and it's like, well, Blue Jays are really excited about the prospect they got back 
from the Rockies in the uh, in the Tapia Grichuk trade, um, which I haven't really looked into that guy very much because uh, uh, you know in my mind didn't didn't think too much of it. Um, but then also thinking about how the Rockies are run as an organization, which is to say, horrendously, <laughs> it is entirely possible that the Blue Jays got a, a prospect they really liked back in that trade, and that maybe actually meant something to them. Yeah, I mean, he, and, you know, it's a lottery ticket guy, 19-year-old, great numbers in the DSL, stole a bunch of bases, incredibly small. That's what struck me, 5'6", 156, so kind of different from their type. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's too early to say much about that. I mean, if they like them, I, that's great. Um, but I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to out the guy, my friend who was just texting me this, but he's just like, no, they said like top 10, maybe top five in the org now, <laughs> which would be, that would be hilarious. very surprising to me if that's <laughs> be, how they yeah. saw it. But if they did, if, if that's true, <laughs> I'm just saying what I heard. I don't know if but that is that true. Would... This is like an, an unbelievable <laughs> fleecing. If you have traded Randall Grichik for a player that would rank in the top 10 of a pretty strong farm system, then, uh, then that's an executive of the year material. And I know Shapiro's won before. Yeah, let's not go, let's not go nuts. <laughs> but I'll, though also um, I will, you know, like, I, like we were saying before, like Aurelvis has been on people's radars for a long time. I know that Moreno, the Jays, like he, like, He's got like national cover, like people know who he is now because of what he did in those like 60 games or whatever it was in double A when he was just like crushing double A. But like, even I think even before the, the what they called the alt site, uh, in Rochester, uh, in 2020, like the, he was he was a guy that they like that that the org was was quite high on. Um, and it, now the now the industry is just sort of catching up on realizing like, oh yeah, this guy is great because he hadn't really he hadn't backed it up with a track record, but internally I think they really liked him. Um, I it's 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 weird. It's like I don't want to I you know you don't want to be a homer and be like too nice about some of the things that that the team is doing, but I, they seem to have a pretty good handle on uh, on stuff like that these days. And we we talked about it with. Uh, with Kikuchi and like how that, you know, you were really give, like, you get, you're giving them, it's like you five years ago, 10 years ago, it's like, well, they signed a guy to their fifth starters was a guy who like has a career ERA of five. Like, and, and it's, it's a weird place to be in where you're like, nah, but they might be able to actually like fix that. Um, but again, I'm not saying that this, that that's true or that this, this prospect is that great, but there are there are a lot of good stories coming out of that organization like and 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 i think that uh whether whatever that whatever that is um yeah it's really interesting you know like i got i i, I, th I immediately think of like a guy like sam roberts the fucking the dutch kid who like no like you know nobody fucking i don't think was on any prospect radar i don't think anybody knew and and He's a guy who I think is going to end up in a top 100 eventually if he like if he has a good year this year and it's like been hearing for three years that this is a kid that they really believe in and like Andrew Tinnish being like they've never seen more perfect mechanics and like you know you there you you learn how to read some of this stuff and uh and yeah it seems I, I don't know it just like some some of those I I I, w I don't I wouldn't have said it if I didn't think that there was a possibility that that's that's true. But also, I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't just fucking hilarious. If that actually is what they think. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> if you can take one thing from today's episode, it's we're all out on Arelvis Martinez. We're all in on Adrian Pinto. So uh, let's go. 
Yeah, look for him. I know, like, he could move quickly by the end of the year. You know, he might yeah, be the second you crash baseman. into the back of him, his gas tank explodes. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, a, that's not right. That's a reference. That's one, that's one for the old people in the, in the room. Uh, before we get out of here, last question is just of all sort of the spring training things that have, we, when we talked about Martinez, of course, but kind of the, you know, the Nate Pearson good outing, the Barrios disaster, the is Greg Bird something? Like, is there anything that has uh, interested you at all? Because I, I find myself generally disinterested by spring baseball. And, um, I mean, there was a, there was one, a Nate Pearson curveball that was creating a stir um, <laughs> yeah. for a time. Is there anything that you've seen or heard in these last couple of days that has, I don't know, created anything on your radar? No, and, and I just you know I like I wrote I wrote I I wrote recaps of the first two televised spring training games, and then very quickly was just like, oh right, spring training, yeah, yeah. Even this condensed version is like right. <laughs> Where they they're just they're just doing warm ups is really what's going on, and and some of that is like I don't find it that compelling. It's great, you know. And I forget what the tweet is, and I don't. I'd like to give the person credit, but it's like it's it's great if they're if they're if they're doing great, then that's a great sign. If they're doing badly, then it doesn't matter. And that's kind of the whole thing. Like Barrios, I'm not nobody's yeah, heard about Barrios. That was um, wild seeing a couple of negative tweets on that. I'm like, are you kidding? Like he's literally <laughs> like, the thing about him is that he's consistent. Like that's the thing about him is that and he's it's like incredibly consistent. And it's like, yeah, like a hundred percent. And it's like, like I said, like I don't know, I'm I'm doing this fucking long. Like I don't know, Roy Halladay'd go out and only throw fastballs and changeups, and um, is, is Halladay okay? It's like, yes, yes, Roy Halladay is fine. Like it's like you don't have to. It's it's March. Like yeah, uh, you know, and you know. Uh, Oh, what, what, Gabe Gross, who hit the who hit like like ten spring homers, and people are like, "Is it? Should he make the team?" And it's like, "No, he fucking sucks." Like, I I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it is nice to see Pearson look good though, and I think he can be a weapon of the bullpen. I did see people being like, "Should he be the? Do we need a six man rotation?" Like that, literally. Every time I I don't think I've ever done a mailbag that didn't have a question like, "Should we maybe have a six man rotation?" <laughs> which which no, here's I understand this, no. I, I understand the spirit of the question, but I did like literally the other, I was like, I, I tweeted at somebody. I'm like 162 divided by six is like 27 and a half. 162 divided by five is 32. You're taking 10 Gossman Barrio starts away because you don't want to decide between Kikuchi and Pearson. Yeah. That ain't, that, that ain't it. Somebody's going to get hurt. Spoiler alert. Someone's going to get hurt. Don't worry about it. Exactly that. And like, yeah, it's Pearson. The thing about Pearson is like, he can look incredible in short stints. We already know that. Like, I get that there were some (laughs) curveballs in there and like, he does lean to fastball slider and he could use his curveball and change more if he's going to be a starter, except like there's all that stuff is out there. But like the, the questions about Pearson are, how does he hold up as a starter and how does he stay healthy? And no one inning or two inning, <laughs> no one outing will ever answer that question. You can never get that question of one outing. So Pearson can look yeah. as incredible as he wants. Like my priors about Pearson, and I might even be more positive about him than some people at this point, but like they're not going to change on a spring training outing. It's just not going to happen. And and I think that's, you know, to like to your question, it's like, yeah, this is, 
this is literally, you know, we've had this debate when they were talking about expanding the playoffs. Like, this is literally a sport that is like, it takes a while to reveal its truths, right? Like, it's like you do 162 games. I was talking to somebody at the bar the other day about this, and they're like, yeah, they should cut down it. I'm like, yeah, but compared to, like, compared to football or, or basketball or a lot of sports, the, like, the, the most physically, the physically better team or the better team wins more often in basketball than in baseball, as we all know. And part of what that, part of why that's meaningful is that yeah, it takes a while to, for the cream to rise to the top. And sometimes the stupid Atlanta Braves will win the World Series, even though they won less games in the regular season than the Blue Jays. Uh, and like, yeah, so that's, it, it, you know, you can't, you, you just, you can't take anything from any of this. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. And yet you see that curve. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. Oh, Miguel Cabrera is <laughs> a hall of famer. He may be pretty shit now, but he's a hall of famer. So it, therefore it's a good curveball. Aurelvis hit one head off Aaron Nola. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm glad that we're in alignment there because I wouldn't have wanted to sort of be pretended to be interested in your takes for the last five minutes of that. So it's good. Um, all right. That's a good place to leave it. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning in, listening, subscribing, giving us a review, all that internet stuff that I'm supposed to say. Leave us more reviews. I feel like we haven't had any reviews lately. I don't know. Give it a shot. Give I mean, it a shot. Practice I mean, your own writing. I mean, I'm terrified to hear what people have to say. But you know, okay. I think I can you know, summon some... Constructive criticism is always... Welcome. I can summon some indifference if need be. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll hear from you guys next week. Have a good one. <laughs>